This week, I'm speaking with Lucas Aguirre, who is from Colombia originally, but based in California these days. And he is someone who uses his background in psychology to help his clients in the area of work and culture and team cohesion. And something that's very important to him is the idea of trust. And that's something that sometimes we overlook. We focus on the product, the service that we're selling as consultants. We overlook the importance of building that relationship with the person who buys us before they buy from us. And I think that's worth repeating. People have to connect with us, trust us before they actually are willing to buy from us. They have to buy us first. So Lucas has, like many guests on the show, worked in the corporate space. He's been an employee, and then he decided to actually take what he knows and what he's lived and to convert that into his own business. So he actually works with a range of companies, no specific vertical or industry, and helps organizations in three key areas. And you'll see this on his LinkedIn profile. And those are people, teams, and culture. And one of the things that he does is use a framework called oxytocin to help his corporate clients to build a culture of trust. So I was curious, what is oxytocin? Because it's actually the name of a hormone, which is as we mentioned in today's episode, something which connects people. Uh, it's often present when people feel empathetic towards one another. But what does that have to do with you listening to this if you're running a business? Well, actually, the answer is everything because we're selling to people, we're training people, developing people. And that's why I think it's a brilliant analogy. So where does that come from? What do you have to do to be successful in using your skills? Uh, what has What's been the journey for Lucas to come from being an employee to working for himself now with his own clients? What courses has he developed? How has he promoted those? And so on. We get into all of that today in this week's episode of the Training Business Podcast. Hey, and welcome to the trainingbusiness.com podcast. Every week, we bring you exciting news and interviews with training business experts and training business entrepreneurs from around the world. Thanks for tuning into today's episode. Here's your host, Mark Garrett Hayes. Hey, welcome to the Training Business Podcast. This is the weekly show for self-employed consultants, trainers, coaches, people like you and me all around the world. We have people listening to us every Thursday from all around the world. So welcome to the show. The focus of this show is on the business of you making money from your programs, your workshops, your knowledge, your courses, your books, your keynotes, or maybe you haven't got some of those or any of those yet. If that is the case, that's okay, because perhaps you're thinking of starting off and converting what you know and what you've learned and what you've done into something that people buy. And this is really what the show's about. Maybe you have your own expert business, or maybe you're thinking of leaving a job to start it. In either case, this is the show for you. My name is Mark. I'm a self-employed coach, author, trainer, I've been, as I say, half-jokingly employed, unemployed, and self-employed, and I've made loads of mistakes. And I bring guests to you every Thursday on the show to help you with your journey, wherever that is. And you'll find all episodes of the podcast. We've been podcasting for approximately four years now, uh, 200 plus episodes. You'll find episodes of the show on your podcast platform of choice, as well as over at Training business.com. Please click on the follow button or the subscribe button to be notified of great episodes to help your business. This costs absolutely nothing 
takes a couple of seconds and means a whole lot to the team, Sam, Joe, James, Turul, and myself, because we love bringing episodes of the show to you every Thursday. Lucas, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Mark, for having me here. Where are you right now as I'm speaking to you? Uh, Walnut Creek, uh, California. This is a little town uh, 30 minutes south from San Francisco. Okay. So the reason I've asked you on the show is, well, for a number of reasons, in fact, um, your LinkedIn profile suggests people, teams, culture, and your areas of focus include things like change management, corporate training, diversity and inclusion, and so on. I want to go back in time and find out what got you to the point you're at now. Um, you've quite a diverse background. Uh, you studied in Madrid, in Spain. Um, you've worked in in as a people and strategy director. Um, Costa Rica. Costa Rica, Costa, yeah. a people and culture development manager. California, but now, yeah. am I right in saying you're working for yourself under your own brand? Mm-hmm. Correct. Um, so yeah, thank you for the, for the question. Uh, I think, uh, yes, I am a diverse person, I guess. <laughs> uh, I am originally from Colombia, South America. Okay. Um, I moved out from Colombia when I was 18 and I am 41 now. So I have been living in different countries, five different countries uh, in my whole, my, my whole life. Um, I was interested into people uh, early in my life when I was 14. Mm-hmm. In Colombia, before you graduate from high school, you need to do 120 hours of a community service. So I did it and I had the opportunity to teach how to read and write to elder people, people who were like 65, 67, who have no idea how to read and write. That was changing experience in my life because I say, oh, shoot, I have something in my hands that I can give to people uh, and they can grow. And I can grow as well because I feel happy when they learn and, and, and when they were able to read a sentence, the phases were... I still have those phases in my in my mind uh, of happiness, of joy. So that hooked me with this passion for teaching. Since then, um, I have been teaching people uh, different things. I have been learning different things. So my first career was a uh, philosophy. So I studied philosophy. I started teaching philosophy. Um, then I started theology. Uh, I was enrolled to be a, a Catholic priest. Then I gave up that. You know what? You're the second person on the show who was a Catholic priest or, or actually on the way there and then had a last minute change of heart and became a, a consultant or, or a trainer. That's interesting. Yeah. Oh, okay. Nice. <laughs> so yeah, for, for about 10, 11 years, I was, I was a Catholic missionary. So traveling in different countries and, and places to teach something. Uh, for different reasons, we are not going to get into the reasons here, but mm-hmm. uh, I decided to leave the, the Catholic church. And then for like a year, I was... In, in 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 a difficult situation, I didn't know what to do with my life. And then after a few months, I say, okay, what I am passionate about, I am passionate about helping people. Um, but probably philosophy is not something that can help me to make a living. Uh, so I went back to school. Uh, I moved to the USA to study psychology, started uh, learning English at 28, and then enroll in college, and then get a master, and then... Um, I started to work in clinical psychology for a little bit. I was exposed to that for a couple of years. Uh, amazing experience, but decided that it wasn't for me, basically because it was very focused on medications and having just basically having people under control. Um, and then I discover again 
reconnect the passion for teaching. And then I, I, I say, okay, I can apply this into companies. Um, and I start to work for companies since then. Um, yeah, I can stop here because maybe you have some yeah. more questions. Yeah, well, you, you've been people and strategy director, um, director of people operations, people and culture, development manager. There's a theme here. Mm-hmm. What made you decide, I'm not going to be an employee. I want to work for myself. I've, I've acquired knowledge now and I'm convinced that I know what I can use to develop programs and sell my expertise to people. What was that moment that made you think, I can make a living doing this? I think it it was based on a couple of things. The first one was the uh, like the boundaries within mm-hmm. a company. Um, so I felt that I I explored a lot and I I, I try different things a lot. Um, so that is good for 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 companies in general. Uh, so I did it and and I I was seeing that um, I was getting out of my comfort zone, out of the company's comfort zone, bringing things in, and and those things were great. But it was always like a roof, uh, like a like a ceiling. Uh, and I discovered that I can keep applying those things to other companies. So even when I was employed, formally employed, uh, I started to consult for other companies, okay. um, like on the side, uh, over the weekends, uh, and and I I like it. I I I enjoyed, and it wasn't like work for me. Uh, so at some point, I'd say, okay, I have enough clients now to maybe start doing this for myself mm-hmm. um, and that's when I decided to do it uh, that okay. was so uh, if I said to you what is your brand if, if we think of the kinds of organizations that work with you that hire mm-hmm. you and pay you to do what you do what you teach mm-hmm. um, what kinds of organizations are they um, they vary uh, I think I mean, I have worked with a lot of different sectors, like mm-hmm. public sectors, public companies, private companies, mm-hmm. um, CPG uh, companies, uh, manufacturing companies, uh, startups, uh, mm-hmm. a lot of different companies. That, but okay. I only only work with companies that I feel that I am aligned with, okay. uh, with the purpose, the values. I will probably work for, I don't know, the National Rifle Association or uh, right. the US Army, something like that, because it's not like aligned with my my view. Gotcha. So if I think of why would a company hire you? If I bring you into, say, my company, what mm-hmm. do you teach? What do you train? What do you do for me? Perfect. You you mentioned three words that are like the key pillars of what I do. People, mm-hmm. teams, and culture. Okay. So those are like the, the three main focus I have in, in my practice. Uh, by people, I mean I work with individuals in one-on-one a coaching, psychotherapy, it's, it's a mixture. Uh, I also work with teams, uh, developing teams to become high-performing teams. Mm-hmm. And I also work with uh, cultures uh, doing the whole culture process, like assessing the culture, understanding the culture, and proposing a new culture that is aligned with the strategy of the company. Mm-hmm. I think that is one of the key elements uh, and differentiators that I have mm-hmm. because a lot of the times we hire a consultant for the strategy a consultant for the culture and those things look like two different areas and and right. for me i think they they must be uh, together and there must be a whole strategy and that strategy needs to include culture as part of the strategy okay and you write then that you use positive psychology tools uh which of course is based on on scientific research to promote connections between people and build a happier productive workplace that mm-hmm. sounds easy i'm sure there's more to <laughs> than that <laughs> Sounds easy. I think it's easy. 
in general because uh, we are built for connection. As humans, we are built for connection. We, we, for the first two, three years, the only thing we do is connect, bond with our parents, with our caregivers, or with a couple of animals if we, are, we have no other humans around. We, we are built to connect. So connection is kind of easy and natural for us. Mm-hmm. But when we are growing, those connections are uh, sometimes damaged or hurt or, or, or there is harm. So we start to be more cautious. We start to keep away from people and we start to not trust everybody and, and the, the process keeps complicating. But I think if we go back to that uh, natural tendency to trust, to, to be good, to do good, um, it's a bit more easier. So yeah, I do use a positive psychology research uh, to inform my practice. And since positive psychology was born after like the computer revolution back in the 80s, mm-hmm. I think uh, the tools are a little bit more supported on science. Mm-hmm. And science is this big paradigm that we have today that we trust in science because it's, it's the most reliable thing we have. In the past, we used to trust in, in mythology. Okay. Then we used to trust in, in religion. And now we trust in, in, in science right. to navigate life. Now, you say also that uh, you use oxytocin as a framework. And I was listening mm-hmm. to what you're saying about connection and that bonding. And for some people, I'm sure they know, that, well, I'm sure many people know that oxytocin is one of the hormones that is used to build. It's a natural product of the, of the body to build connection and empathy with people. But you use it as a framework to enable a culture of trust. Can you explain what oxytocin, O-X-Y-T-O-C-I-N-E, is and what it stands for and how it's used as a framework to achieve or enable a culture of trust in your clients? Absolutely, yeah. Um, oxytocin is, a, yeah, as, as you mentioned, is a, is a hormone, a body hormone, product hormone that help us to connect and feel better. Mm-hmm. But oxytocin as a framework is actually proposed by, um, how can I define him? Paul Zak. He's, he's, he's an economist. Basically, he's an economist from, uh, I think he's still working in, uh, here in California in Claremont College. Uh, he was an economist and get into... Um, organizational psychology because uh, Claremont has a lot of uh, focus on organizational psychology and he started to to study trust in companies. So he developed this uh, acronym, Oxytocin, uh, to foster uh, trust in companies and to foster companies or, or change the culture in companies focus on, uh, on, on people. Okay, so let me just stop there for a sec just so I'm clear yeah. for people listening. The guy's name is Paul Zak. Zak, Z-A-K, yeah. Z- Paul Zak. And Correct. he's come up with this um, oxytocin acronym, O-X-Y-T-O-C-I-N-E, which people can mm-hmm. look up as you're listening to this today. Yeah. And this is a framework to help organizations build a culture of trust internally, mm-hmm. or is it Correct. both internally and externally? Uh, internally, basically internally. internally. Yeah. So okay. for example, uh, the O is ovation, the X is expectation. So you need to, in the ovation part, you need to recognize people for what they do. In the expectations, you need to set clarity for the goals. So it's basically an organizational framework. He just was interested in studying this hormone. Actually, he he, he traveled to uh, New Guinea to study uh, uh, an indigenous tribe to measure the saliva uh, because we can measure uh, oxytocin in the saliva. Yeah. So he was measuring basic trust. And from that experience and from, from his experience working with companies, he built this framework. So he has a book uh, called The Trust Factor where, where he explains the framework. Right. And is this something you're licensed then to run? Are you... Does no, he license I, this? No? no, there is no license. Uh, okay. 
there is no license, there is no like training. He just wrote the book and, and I just get all the information from the book and I keep applying that. Um, some things are, are like new uh, from his, his perspective, but some other things are basic general things that, that we know right. uh, from organizational psychology. Maybe if Paul is listening, he should start thinking of a course in developing intellectual property. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. And licensing people to do it. Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> what kind of problems do your, I mean, do you, do you develop workshops and programs, coaching or training? What, what am I buying here if I'm buying from you? Uh, basically uh, around those three areas. Mm-hmm. So for people, it's basically coaching 101. Yeah. Um, I, I do not call myself a coach. I call myself a psychologist who use coaching tools. Um, so I developed something. Uh, I, I, I invent this word. I call it tooling because tooling. I teach people tools. Yes. Okay. So what tooling. I do is I have a, a, a set of tools. I teach those tools, how to use the tools. And then after six months with me, uh, is my belief. And, and that's what I say. The people is set up to live a good life, happy life, and achieving life with those tools they have. And in the future, should they have an issue, a problem, they can use one of those tools to uh, deal with the issue. So for people is coaching one-on-one or tooling, as I call it, uh, for teams, uh, I sell uh, my my best uh, course is uh, high-performing teams, uh, which is based on the research from uh, Google Back in 2008 to 2010, 11, they did a huge, huge research project. They have a little bit more money than me to invest in research. So they, <laughs> they did that research and they, are, they were very generous at that time to share the, the findings from the research and all the methodology, all the tools. Um, we, can, we can link the, the, the website to the, shoot, to, the, to the notes if you want. Um, so I yeah. use that. So that's a particular link that we can pop in the show notes mm-hmm. to this week's yep. episode. Okay. Well, let's, Perfect, let's see if yeah. we can get that link. Perfect. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That was when, when they were led by, by Laszlo Bock. Uh, he, he was the, the chief people officer there for about 10 years. Uh, and then he left and he founded a company. So, but he, he was making this research public to everybody and it's, it's free to access. So and I use that is, for This teams. is from Google, right? This is Google, from Google research. Yeah. Great. Wonderful. Google research. Okay. That's for yeah. teams. And so for culture? And for culture, I use um, it's basically my my approach after working with several different uh, approaches. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably the, one of the most well known, at least here in the in this part of the of the of the world, uh, is the work developed by uh, Kim Cameron in the University of Michigan. Uh, Kim Cameron developed a, a framework to un- to understand culture in, in like four different areas, um, and then lately. Uh, Consultants from Stuart Spencer and Harvard, they did a, a magnificent uh, longitudinal study mm-hmm. and they compared about uh, 108 different culture models and they came up with things that were common in those different models. So I basically use a framework to approach to culture, not something like set in rock, but basically with a few questions, we understand what is going on in the life of the company. And basically, we ask him, okay, where do you want to go? What is your strategy going? And then we make like a bridge between what is right now, what is uh, the desired outcome of the culture, and then we build a specific set of steps to get there. Okay. It's funny because uh, Laszlo has just come up in my team feed here, <laughs> as you mentioned him. So yep. what we're going to do is we're going to get the links from you, the research from Google, 
you mentioned Laszlo Bock. We're going to get those things and put them in the show notes on trainingbusiness.com. Uh, and Lucas, thank you in, in advance for providing those to us. Absolutely. Okay. So, um, do you do you see yourself developing your brand to include other people, or are you going to work under your own, uh, just like a one person brand for now? <laughs> thank you. Thank you for the question. I am laughing because uh, right now I am I'm going through that in my head uh, because I normally tend to work with people. Uh, my my right. natural tendency is work with people, so I have been working with people my whole time, even though. Um, Somebody hired me to, to do a work because they know me. I always yeah. work with, with more people. So I normally work with more people. And I actually uh, started a, a new brand, uh, my brand. I, I have a difficulty to, to sell myself as a brand. Oh, lucasaguirre.com. I tried that for a little bit, but I, I didn't feel comfortable because I say I am not selling myself. I am, mm. I am selling some of my knowledge to the companies. So because of that, I, I, I changed a little bit and now... Uh, I I started uh, I call it a, a well-being lab because my initials are Lucas Aguirre Bustamante, so it it was like a playing with the words. So it's a well-being oh, lab. Oh, right, well-being lab, L-A-B. Yeah, yeah. I like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's <laughs> called a mutuo mutuo lab. Mutuo in Spanish means uh, both. So it's something mutual, something that uh, okay. we do together. So my my, my new brand is gonna be called Mutuo Lab. Uh, because it's going to be a, a laboratory for yeah. well-being, uh, and I normally uh, work with other consultants or people. Um, I have, uh, for example, a brand in Spain that is led by a psychologist there and a Buddhist monk there, and I support mm -hmm. them in in all the things they do. So yeah, I work with a lot of different people. Gotcha. Okay, so we're, we're going to share that link when when that's live. I also see that um, you're a content creator at Madecraft. Now, I've not come across Madecraft before. Without without giving them a sales pitch, tell us why someone would uh, put a course on Madecraft and what it is. Oh, great question. Uh, Madecraft is an amazing company. Uh, amazing people working there, basically. Um, the founder, I think, was uh, related with the foundation of, of Lynda.com. Lynda.com was a big library that was acquired by LinkedIn, I think, yes. two, three years ago. Uh, so after he, he left, he started this new company called uh, Minecraft. Uh, and they basically do courses for LinkedIn, uh, Udemy, uh, those big uh, e-learning corporations, Coursera. Uh, so they basically call people, have them doing a, a course, and then they resell that to, to these big companies. Uh, right. So it's, so, a, so it's an amazing company. So Madecraft, um, there's a big Spanish one, uh, or it's, it's definitely in the Spanish-speaking market that uh, for people who are listening to us whose first language is not English, of course, um, there is another one that comes to mind, but I'll pop that in the show notes. So Madecraft basically, if I'm correct, is a production company. They mm -hmm. work with people who are listening to the show. You might correct. have a course in mind. Yep. yep. Uh, and, and they help you to produce something, and then they sell it to... Uh, places like LinkedIn Learning and others, other platforms with, with which sell courses. Correct. Okay. So there are, so you could go to a LinkedIn Learning directly as a LinkedIn Learning instructor or other platforms, depending on your language, where you are in the world. But what these guys do, Makecraft do, they're in Santa Barbara, California, yep. is they help you to produce, to get the ideas out of your head and, and produce a course, which they then resell. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Correct. And, and they have a, great set of, of, of people who walk you for every single step during the process. They have been doing that. And I think they are one of the best doing that. Yeah. 
and I have okay. no affiliation with them. So I'm glad you <laughs> I'm said not that. I'm trying to sell it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Zero. Zero affiliations. So let, let's go through the tips that you want to leave us with today, um, and we'll go through them reasonably quickly. Uh, but they're they're really good tips. One is, and by the way, these are these are tips for people who are like you and I. We have our own practices. We have our own clients, our own brand. Um, your first one is to uh, decolonize your ideas. This is for helping people to to boost their consulting and training practice. What do you mean by decolonize your ideas? I think it's a it's a very important process, not only for consultants like like you, myself, and and people who is listening, but for everybody in general. By decolonizing ideas, I mean this basic psychological process. Uh, we are born into a world, right? Um, and you are given a name, you are given a color of your skin, mm. you are given a set of ideas, culture, mm. right? And, mm. and as as kids, we just get that as like like if we if we were sponges, right? We absorb <laughs> everything, but we absorb all that information from our parents who live in a different time, and they absorb that information from the grandparents who live in a different time. So we are here now being educated with information from 40, 60 years ago. So we need to constantly update our mind frame to be able to serve the people we have in front of us. So if, if and especially now, we need to change our methodologies, our ideas, our approaches so fast in order to solve the issues we have in front, because we normally tend to learn something and keep applying that for like 10 years. And that is not working anymore. It, it worked probably before 2010, uh, but now we need to keep updating our ideas, our knowledge, our uh, insights, and something that I was using five years ago based on science. Now we know that doesn't work. So we need to keep updating that. So by decolonizing ideas, I mean that as a consultant, we need to basically update our products. Like, like if we were product managers for like Google or Facebook or whatever, they update the yeah. product every every other day, something like that. Yeah. And that's a great point. It is so easy to fall in love with a book you read 10, 12 years ago, and that becomes the basis for all your programs, your workshops, mm -hmm. but that things have moved on. So yep. decolonizing suggests that we need to learn more. So when we're selling what we know in the form of workshops, programs, coaching, training, it's up to date, it's innovative, and it's going to help solve the problems of the 21st century or 2023, almost around the corner. Yep. Uh, the next one is foster trust, which I guess chimes with what you've said so far about trust being important. Oxytocin is the framework you use. Mm -hmm. um, and this, of course, links into your background in psychology. Um, explain to me what, what fostering trust has to do with, with being a great trainer or, or training mm -hmm. business owner, consultant, Perfect. et cetera. Yeah. I, I, will, I will give probably an example that can portray the idea. Uh, in psychotherapy, we know that the, the effectiveness of the therapy, 60% of that therapy is based on trust. Mm -hmm. So for example, uh, for depression, we know that CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy works 90% of the time, right? So let's say that, uh, Mark, I, I am depressed. I go to you and you use CBT uh, to treat depression. 90% uh, of that process is, is warranted because you are using the right tool. But if I do not trust you, that process won't work, right? So as consultants, I think that establishing rapport, establishing trust at the beginning is the most important element. Why? Because we don't have all the answers. But if people in, if we have good tools and people in the company trust us, the change will happen and the impact will happen no matter what, because they trust us. And it's like the placebo effect. Mm. 
we are we are believing entities. And if I believe that something will happen, and I if I work toward that, and I have a few good tools, that will happen. Right. So it kind of makes sense. Why would someone bring you in, recommend you to, let's say, a department manager or a CEO and say, trust Lucas, trust Mark, they're a consultant, they're an expert in this topic, unless they trust you can deliver, unless they trust that you know what you're talking about, why would they buy you? Why would they spend money and bring you in to run workshops and, and training and so on? Okay. Um, The last one is managing language. And I guess language is these days very important given the the age we live in where people are conscious of what they say on Twitter and Mm -hmm. how we express ourselves because often that's the brand uh, that people, that part of our brand that people interact with is what we say and how we say it. What what does this mean in terms of people running their own business again, Mm -hmm. managing Mm -hmm. language? Yeah, it's it's a a very interesting and amazing uh, approach uh, and it's pretty simple is basically understand the words you are using and understand the words your your customers are using and let me give you a simple example i launched it after doing a master in mindfulness i was i was so uh, am and so ready to go to war and teach mindfulness and then I, i released my first online class for mindfulness i probably had 16 17 people interested right so we started we did it it was amazing but then I use this framework that I use all the time. I say, okay, I didn't get that many people. Let me change it. Instead of teaching mindfulness, I will be teaching high performance. So I change it and I say, okay, this is a high performing uh, course. And I get 60 people sign up for that course. Isn't that funny? The, 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 the words just change in people's minds, the outcome. It's not just Absolutely. the product, it's the outcome they're getting, right? Absolutely, yeah. They, yeah. And they say, okay, mindfulness, I, I don't I don't even understand what that means. But high performance, yeah, I, I want to be a high performer. I want that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, but I teach high performance through mindfulness or through this technique that I learned, right? So uh, paying attention to language is very important because sometimes, oh, yeah, I love this. I love, but maybe the customer, they, they have a different word for that. They have a different approach for that. Uh, and that is the key. We need to understand the people who we have in front of us. And it's about trust. It's about decolonizing ideas. I have this great idea here, but if they are not listening to me, okay, I change the idea, mm. but I just keep teaching what I think it's good for them. And there's something else that, that comes to mind there when you say language. People are inevitably going to look online for solutions, and it's often the language that they will use as a, as a company, as a business owner, yeah. When they go into Google and put in those keywords, they'll get back search engine results. And if you've not described what you do and the outcomes that they need with their language, they're not going to find you or might yep. go with the competition. Yep, absolutely right. Correct. Yeah. And there's a lot to be uh, unpacked here. Um, if you're listening to this thinking, well, what, is, what does language have to do with what I do as a trainer, as a consultant? I would say everything. I would say everything. Because if you're thinking of, say, tools like well, some advanced tools like SEM Rush or Uber suggest uh, a lot of people think before they name a product or a workshop, they go and say, what are people actually looking for in Google? And they use that language to describe it. And, and I think you've made an excellent point, Lucas. Mindfulness sounds like uh, a thing, but what is the result of mindfulness? It's high performance. So therefore, if you're thinking of naming a product, a workshop, a program you're going to sell, think of how people would describe that. And how they would look for it, or where would they look for it, and what would they use as search terms to, to find it? Correct. Okay. Where can people find out more about you? You've mentioned a couple of links so far. 
yes, uh, the, the, the easiest one will be Mutuo with double T, Mutuo Lab, that okay. com. Uh, that will be my, my, my website and they can find me there or maybe LinkedIn, uh, Lucas Aguirre in LinkedIn or okay. Empowering People to Thrive, LinkedIn dash Empowering People to Thrive. Okay. That's my LinkedIn profile. Yeah. And those With. are the two main places where I am. I, I do right. not use social network, anything like that. Ah, okay. Well, I'm not going to ask you why. Uh, that's a time, <laughs> a discussion for another time. Uh, Lucas, thank you so much for being my guest today on the show. Mark, thank you so much for the time, the attention, and have a happy, productive rest of the day. <laughs> it's not too much for you, right? You're in, in the other side of the world. So have a happy night. Thank you. My thanks to Lucas for being my guest today. And thank you to you for taking your time to listen to this episode of the podcast. If you have a question or a suggestion, you can email me directly via mark at trainingbusiness.com. That's simply mark at trainingbusiness.com. I mentioned that you'll find all episodes and articles over at trainingbusiness.com. We appreciate your loyalty. That's Sam, Joe, James, Turrell and myself. So please click on subscribe and follow us and you'll be notified of great episodes as they come out. And please tell other people about the show. If there's someone you think is thinking of converting what they know into some kind of expertise, programs, keynotes, and selling themselves as a consultant, trainer, facilitator, etc., then let them know that the show exists and I think they'll be very grateful to you. There is a fresh episode of the podcast next Thursday. Wherever you are listening to this right now, you'll find another episode next Thursday. Until then, keep going and I'll speak to you next week. once more for listening to this episode of the trainingbusiness.com podcast. See you next time.